Hi all, I want to take a brief moment to thank you all personally for supporting this podcast on YouTube and on all major podcast platforms including Google Podcasts and Spotify. The podcast mainly features interesting people in robotics, artificial intelligence and entrepreneurship. If you believe that the information that I'm providing might be of benefit to you or to someone you know, it would be really great if you could hit the subscribe button. and press the notification icon so that you can get notified on time whenever the next part is out it would literally take you a second or two to subscribe to the podcast but it would really mean a lot to me because i can grow the podcast to a level that where i can reach more people invite ever more interesting guests and have a more meaningful impact so let's begin now now we will move on to elective so one of the things that is really Uh, important to understand is how to choose an elective subject yeah so as mumsi explained very elaboratively and very clearly that uh, once you go through the first semester with all these subjects you get understanding okay uh, that i like uh, csme i like the computer science you know side of robotics or maybe you like control more maybe you like the mechanical side of things so you get some idea and then you some study more subjects like computer vision one sensor systems and mbd in the next one then you get more clarity okay computer vision which is further you know has machine learning part of it as well and other computer vision techniques as well and maybe you decide the computer vision let's take a hypothetical case that you decide computer vision one you want to go into computer vision for robotics applications yep. so then then how do you choose the elective so the the first one is computer vision two here so so obviously if you think that you know you want to go into this field then this thing would be visible on your transcript that you have taken yeah. this thing and employers would see this and mm, yeah so this would show your interest in it and obviously if you would be interested in this subject you would take this one as an elective yeah. so computer vision 2 as we know was a build up on computer vision 1 yeah and applied numerical optimization i didn't take Yeah. So, so applied numerical optimization optimization is one uh, branch of engineering where you optimize uh, to find uh, objective goal objective with some constraints. It's uh, pretty much uh, needed for robotics in my experience, especially uh, from my uh, heavy work and mm. um, part-time work where we used optimization techniques to uh, simulate robot robots and to optimize. Uh, mechanisms or maybe you can optimize any sort of objective mm. with some constraints so optimization uh, numerical optimization is a is uh, more or less dealing with how you optimize a particular parameter mm. uh, considering a objective function and it's given and with a, under given constraints so for example uh, if you would want to optimize a trajectory of robot uh, then advanced the techniques which we study in advanced uh, uh, numerical optimization uh, not advanced applied numerical optimization <laughs> <laughs> so okay leave 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 it uh, applied numerical optimization <laughs> so it's uh, it's actually not advanced it's applied numerical optimization where uh, for example uh, in robotics perspe- perspective if you would want to uh, optimize the trajectory mm. and uh, then if you want to optimize any certain parameter like uh, if you want to optimize the force constraints if you want to optimize the application of uh, uh, 
uh, forces or torques or maybe optimize the trajectory mm. you would apply the techniques which you studied in applying numerical optimization mm. so so who should take this course like for example like for example if you are uh, it it can be apl- applied in any kind of uh, robotic streams like for example if you want to optimize uh, the sensor values mm. or if you want to optimize the perception you can apply these techniques it's a general branch of engineering it's okay. uh, not related to mechanical it's not related to electrical or something like that even you can even apply optimization to schedule flights is one of the example yeah. like uh, in a best way of scheduling like all the traffic lights are based upon optimization techniques mm. so uh, anyone who would want to uh, improvise the robotic systems who would want to develop the robotic systems uh, can be interested to take the applied numerical optimization okay so so generally it, it can also be it is some of the portions are also in machine learning and other subjects yeah. right from this Some yeah, like a more or less similar thing. Like you will see some some uh, some topics which are related to CSME. You will see some topics which are related to machine learning. Yeah. But more or less, uh, the subject deals with optimizing a variable or optimizing a parameter, physical quantity could be anything. Exactly. With one objective function under some constraints. Yeah. Okay. So and how was the exam for this? Quickly, if you can. Uh, the exam is like uh, two parts in this uh, subject. Uh, like ten percent, uh, you will be uh, graded for your uh, coursework or exercises. You can say mm. so. The exercises are in MATLAB. So when you uh, successfully complete the uh, exercises and when you submit the exercises to the particular uh, department or people who are organizing the course and they will grade your marks mm. and the 10% of marks will come from the exercises and the rest of the 90% you will get it from uh, oral exam okay. so you will be asked some questions mm. and uh, based upon your answers you will be graded the marks and how was the difficulty level difficulty is medium for me mm. so okay. of course it varies from person to person, person, to person. Yeah. exactly so the next one is numerical methods which is of seven credits and that's why everyone takes it but numerical methods is as the name suggests it's totally numerical based yeah and the exams are really simple for this particular course and it is easy to get good grades it's nothing but mathematics yeah. um, um like um, it's and more or less the, the total title, the complete title of the subject is numerical methods in mechanical engineering so here you will study in lectures of course you will study a lot it's a very vast subject hmm. the professor uh, explains in detail how each and every numerical method would be applied in mechanical engineering even derivations, derivations and everything is covered everything in the like, lectures for example consider a beam consider a structure consider a mechanism hmm. consider the stru- uh, strength of materials how we can apply numerical methods uh, lectures would go very deep but no need to worry about uh, when coming to exams <laughs> exams are not so uh, uh, relied on like uh solving real engineering problems but exams are more or less like uh again exercise based exercise based uh, more or less problem solving uh of particular techniques hmm. what, which you will study in numerical methods exactly so in mechatronics and control techniques uh, you will study about uh, basic mechatronics systems and you will again study about uh, robotics as well as a one chapter hmm. uh, for Uh, already, if a guy is already having mechatronics background, it's not so tough. 
for me it was uh, not so hard you already studied, studied the things yeah. before right but i would suggest to take up this course because when then uh, this course is uh, really struck uh, this course is very interesting for me even though i studied mechatronics and bachelors because mm-hmm. this course was structured based upon industry and uh, you will study plc programming you will study okay. if if at all you are not from electronics background i would really suggest to consider i would really suggest to consider this subject because you will have a basic understanding of electronics mm-hmm. basic understanding of control systems all basic understanding also the plc programming also uh, maybe some gripper systems how how the mechatronic system is organized more okay. or less robotic system is nothing but a mechatronic system so 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 but if somebody who is want to go into computer vision for that person probably it's not very relevant but it's like yeah. foundational in a way yeah so, so if you are uh, internet to go only uh, with respect to programming way hmm. maybe you can skip this subject yeah you could but if you are more interested in exploring more about control, control engineering and mechatronics and overall yeah overall then it would be helpful for you okay. and i will definitely suggest for a guy who is uh, Uh, from mechanical background or who is only electrical background um, i would suggest to go with uh, consider this subject exam was uh, actually from our batch exam structure was changed of course exam is totally dependent upon uh, exercise mm-hmm. uh, also there are some parts of theoretical uh, questions but uh, when if you are able to solve previous pa- question papers and if you able to so exercises okay. you are you are thorough with exams as well so focusing on exercises most focusing on advanced control no, okay so this is added by mistake none of us have taken advanced control but advanced control is really advanced yeah it's not very easy i have not taken it and he has also not taken it so we cannot tell more details about that so intro to ai so this one is also i think uh, pretty preliminary yeah because uh, uh, this one is basically the traditional ai algorithms breadth first search depth first search and all these things and it is mostly exercise based so moving on to strategic technology management so this is the subject that vamsi was talking about yeah. in the beginning of the uh, talk the so only managerial only managerial subject. subject which we have is strategic technology but so, uh, the strategic technology management is a managerial subject where the exam is structured in two parts 50% for your presentation uh, given for a given topic to you mm-hmm. and you will be uh, forming a team and you will present the topic in with team mm. and the rest 50% is based upon your written exam so yeah. written exam is completely theoretical it's more or less like uh, memorizing all the topics and also application based like uh, whatever you studied in strategic technology management you will be asked some questions which are more how you apply these such topics mm-hmm. yeah okay so production metrology i think uh, none of us took so we cannot talk about it and advanced machine learning is as the name suggests it's advanced it's personally i thought it was really hard hard yeah true uh, it was it is also professor libes course so it was well structured and everything but i think the algorithms were uh, more, advanced, more advanced so you had to spend more time and it was a bit hard to score as well for me at least yeah. 
and yeah i mean it's the same as machine learning so i don't think we should talk more, more about it's more the structure exam course structure exam yeah. structure is more or less like machine learning and uh, of course it's advanced uh, version of machine learning so you'll study more probability exactly. here <laughs> so more math yeah that's it and aida i think this one i particularly like about the structure okay. but it's a bit more basic version of machine learning and, and uh, ai algorithm and ai and uh, you know artificial intelligence stuff that you probably study here but more basic but what i really enjoyed in this course was the exercises yeah. because here the uh, here the theory is very less and uh, the exercises are such that you apply everything that you learn and the exercises are really uh, well well suited for beginners so the exercises were good but the exam is more theoretical yeah. talk about the exam so uh, the subject is more or less like you will study theoretical based algorithms math and all you will study in machine learning mm. advanced machine learning and maybe in csme but the practical implementation or programmat programmatic implementation you will study in uh, eidae which is nothing but artificial intelligence mm. and data analysis for engineers Uh, here they actually encourage you to participate in programming program. activities of course exam is still theoretical but in exam some part were programming yeah it's not some like part was programming completely theoretical but there were programming part as well but you write the program, program on yeah. sheet of you paper want, you want uh, you will not have any grades for hmm. uh, exercises or programming yeah. part but all exercises were program related you will learn how to program mm. uh, if you are a pro beginner for programming uh, i would suggest you to consider this lecture because yeah. and also in the beginning of the course you had an introductory python, python course, course as well as in as the well. first or second first lecture lecture yeah. so you will learn about python libraries of python how mm. to use python this this subject is more or less how to use or how to implement machine learning yes. algorithms but it's not uh, you won't see much of math here exactly yeah. more of in implementation, implementation part, part. Yeah. this was good so couple this with machine learning subjects theory plus practical and you are yeah. an expert yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so now moving on to factory planning no i have not taken factory planning okay so again but this was also a theoretical subject and factory planning in industrial logistics, industrial logistics. i think bomsi also explained briefly in the beginning yeah. that they are more application uh, oriented oriented uh, subjects yeah. so now this is something that i have kept for last year <laughs> i won't even say the name of the subject you will explain uh, Uh, actually this subject uh, advanced electrical rise is uh, was one of the toughest subjects in the entire course mm. uh, which i personally find it uh, tough as well uh, this course but you still gave the exam yeah <laughs> <laughs> one of the very few how many students I gave the exam i think i i was the only one who gave this subject in uh, in our in batch. our batch yeah okay um, the the subject is uh, uh, pretty hard actually but for for if you have an electrical background you might not find it very hard mm -hmm. but uh, me as a mechatronics background the for a mechatronics guy or for a mechanical guy the concepts would be uh, the like they have been to very uh, deep understanding of uh, electrical drives what basically this subject is about like you will study about different kinds of motors actually like uh, synchronous motor yeah. asynchronous motors dc motors and uh, also uh, switch torque reluctance motor mm -hmm. so it's not just about the construction part of the robots 
sorry, it's not just about construction part of drives. Um, these motors are uh, more how you how uh, they are controlled as well. Hmm. It's a uh, more math like involved like controlling part of uh, these particular motors. Hmm. Uh, first, the structure is like in one chapter it will be like mathematical modeling of a motor and the consequent chapter is how to control this motor for the mathematical model you have already modeled in the previous chapter so it's okay. well structured mm -hmm. and it is very much useful if you are planning to go in the direction of a control part you of know, robotics even in electrical vehicles that yeah. is also one of the fields that is important for the future as well but also in this robot you know there are electrical yeah, drives yeah, so the electrical of course, motor is... Uh, as a robotics engineer, you won't be uh, developing electrical drives or you won't mm. be developing motors. But if you have a uh, quite well understanding of this particular subject, it mm. will help you uh, development of robots because as electrical drives or motors are one major part which actuates the robot, mm. which actuates the mechanical system, which, which is a bridge between a software program and... Uh, mechanical uh, uh, response so uh, it is quite helpful for you to understand or uh, if you are interested to go in that direction so if uh, so i think if someone is more control, control, control oriented then control yeah. engineering oriented yeah. then he should take this course and also this course is like uh, lectured by one of the really great professors, Professor Donker, who is very yeah. well recognized all over Germany yeah. for his work in, yeah. you know, electrical vehicles, electrical drives. Yeah. So this is a very good course, but very difficult to score as score well. Score in, in the exams. <laughs> yeah. So as you can, as Vamsi told, he was the only person who gave the exam uh, in our course. So It's nothing great from mine. Like, uh, the thing is, like, uh, I didn't want to study in another subject. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, once I studied, so I gave But, it. I mean, uh, most of the students were, like, really scared that, no, I, I, it would be really difficult to give exam for the subject yeah so 10 points to Vamsi. <laughs> so now this, there are three subjects that I have mentioned in red so there's something called curriculum change as well uh, where you can add new subjects to your list of electives and exchange or exchange it from a previous so there's a formal process and you have you would have to talk to the uh, faculty in charge and people who are responsible for uh, the curriculum so you would have to sign a form for curriculum change and get it uh, you know, uh, get it approved by uh, the by professor. So so you uh, so once you decide that you would have to take a course that you would want to add it to, uh, that you would want to add to your electives, then you would have to do a formal procedure where you would uh, have to fill a form of curriculum change, write the name of the new curriculum, maybe also write the name of the old elective that you would want to replace and get it at. at attested by a professor at IGMR and uh, once it gets approved then it is it works as a normal elective and you get credits for it but this thing you have to do before you give your uh, exam not, not after you have given and you decide yeah. okay I got a good score and I would want to include it no you have to do it before and also one important thing is not every subject gets approved so you have to that's why you have to ask 
and get approval of the subject from the faculty, faculty. because uh, the, some subjects might not be relevant so one of the subjects that uh, three of the subjects that i took and i got added to my curriculum were autonomous driving self driving lab which is of just two credits but i highly recommend it because uh, the, you you actually implement it uh, in programming all the self driving from perception to prediction to control all the aspects of autonomous driving you get a really good understanding of this subject so autonomous driving is a theoretical subject and self driving lab is where you implement it so that's why i took a combination of these courses i think autonomous driving was 5 credits and self driving lab was 2 credits and also i would really recommend self driving lab now even because when i took it it was an autonomous driving framework called adtf but now i think it is being taught in ross so that's even good you would add ross to your skills which is highly important for robotics and other subject that i took was rmmi 1 robotics and man machine interaction 1 you can also add robotics and man machine interaction 2 which would cover some algorithms from r card and rmmi 1 was more similar to robotic systems so yeah you or you can choose any other subject and if you can get it approved then it is it works like a normal elective so if at all you are you have find some other subject which is more interesting but mm-hmm. uh, if at all you don't want to include in your uh curriculum yet you can get it your transcripts like for example yes. i have taken one additional subject for which uh, the grades wouldn't be considered for your total grade grading if at all you find any other subject as interesting you can uh, take that course uh, freely and you can just uh, give exam and hmm. it can be included into your transcript need not to be that it will be counted for grades Yes. But if at all it should be counted for grades, as Chandrajit said, uh, you will have to get it approved from your uh, department, uh, as stating that this subject is more or less relevant to robotic systems. Hmm. Exactly. So this is another good point that Vamsi mentioned that you can take an additional subject. Maybe you don't want the credits for this. You want uh the credits for the existing subjects but if it is added to your mark sheet this additional subject maybe you want to go into autonomous driving and if you take autonomous driving and it is being displayed in your uh, transcript of records then the employer would see that okay you you went a for a step further and took a subject of your interest extra subject even though you might not get credits for it but it, the marks and the subject would be displayed so that's displayed also in the transcript even though if it is not counted for your complete marks exactly but uh, need not to be that every subject is can be approved for your uh, to include it into your curriculum then in that case you can take it as an additional subject additional subject and vamsi yeah. you also took an additional subject yeah i have taken one additional subject which is like introduction to research hmm. uh, it's more or less like uh, how to do research how to Uh, right research papers and all like more or less like an additional subject yeah. nothing technical so so because vamsi is more research driven so he took a subject of his interest and likewise you can take any subject that yeah. you, that interests you a- any subject uh, which is within rwth akan university but provided the professor who is hosting the subject or professor who is a professor or the teaching assistant who is conducting the course should approve your uh, place in the uh, 
classroom. Okay. So uh, in some subjects, if there is a free slots, you will be given an opportunity to sit in the classroom. You will get the documents as well. So you can give an exam as well. Hmm. So you can take any subject regardless of whether it is related to robotics or not and add it to your curriculum. But if you want credits, you have to get it approved and not every subject will get approved. Only the subjects which are relevant relevant to robotics. And even in additional subjects, uh, if you register in the online portal, uh, the professor or the teaching assistant should approve your place. So if it is more in engineering, you will more or less you will get an approval. But if it is some other courses like psychology or physics or any other thing, Mm. it depends upon the professor whether he should give you an opportunity to study that course or not. Okay. Yeah, that's very useful information. Yeah. Yeah. So now let's talk about a very controversial topic, Vamsi. Are you ready for it? <laughs> sure. So the controversial topic is that all these subjects that we, we study, they are theoretical more or less. Yeah. And uh, it, it is arguable that uh, we could have more, you know, programming-based courses, for example, like the one I took. So what is your take? What is your critical evaluation of the curriculum? And uh, how do you, how relevant do you think it is from an industry point of view? Uh, for actually, uh, as it is uh, said in Germany, you will have two kinds of universities. One is a technical university. So RWTH is a research university. Or it's you can a, say a technical university. A technical university. Or university. So uh, the other kind of universities are FH universities which is nothing but Fakakshule. Uh, these universities are more practical oriented or industry oriented, which are not research oriented. So Germany believes that a theoretical uh, knowledge uh, is a strong point for research. Exactly. So uh, you will more or less, you will gain practical experiences. Uh, we are part-time jobs like Hebe's, uh, Student Research Hilfskraft or Wissenschaft Research Hilfskraft. And uh, you, even though you don't need to bother about whether I don't have more labs, it's more or less theoretical. You don't need to bother about it mm. because you more or less you will gain practical experience either by heavies, part-time jobs or through internships yes. because you have a mandatory internship in the curriculum and through master thesis as well. So if you are uh, research oriented, you should not uh, worry about uh, there are very less labs or mm. something like that. But yes, as said, Germany believes in this concept like uh, in Germany, the education system is br- uh, break down into two types of universities, technical universities and universities, which are considered more on theoretical sense hmm. and research oriented sense. And uh, in FH universities, FH universities are called as Fakhochschule in English. It is translated as applied University of Applied, applied Sciences, where you will in those universities, PhDs are not offered. Uh, so you once you if you are more into like a practical oriented, not research oriented. If you are more into industry oriented, job oriented, then it's uh, more relevant to opt FH universities. Mm-hmm. And nothing is more, nothing is less. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like so it depends on your, your, your preference as well. Interest. So if you are very sure that you want to go into an industry, you want to do a job in the industry, then FH is. Very good option because you get practical experience. But if you are doubtful that I'm not sure if I'll work on in, in industry or in research, then this is 
very good because uh, as as we mentioned you get really in depth understanding, in depth understanding. of all the courses and, and in research while doing a phd you have to formulate your own oh. algorithms Algorithm, for example yeah. in machine learning or or formulate your own laws and, uh, and you cannot do this when you are just you know uh, learning to learn uh, use a tool uh, you know yeah. a black box or a, a package you implemented directly so in that case these subjects would be very important but uh, in my view it's totally fine because uh, yeah. even though you are uh, studying in technical universities uh, you will gain practical experience either by hivi yeah. by internships by master thesis so uh, nevertheless uh, you will have a practical experience by the end of your master studies exactly because internship is mandatory, mandatory as well yeah. so so after the third sem we have the fourth sem where internship and master's thesis need to be done yeah. and so uh, let's talk about uh, uh, you talk about practical experience yeah. let's talk about how to find your first student job yeah uh, like uh, uh, in my experience uh it is you can't say it is very tough or very easy as well got my first student job uh in the second semester or more or less in the end of first semester okay during my exams mm-hmm. so uh in especially in rbti you have a separate job portal where you can find all the listings of uh student jobs uh, which is called as uh, hevis or student and um, student job angobote mm-hmm. like student job offers, offers. so uh, you can find out a complete list of uh, job jobs and all the lists of jobs available, available in the whole university mm-hmm. so each and every chair or each and every faculty or institute uh, post their jobs in this particular job portal mm-hmm. you can click on the particular job application and you can send contact particular contact person who posted the job so more or less these uh, people who are pursuing phd's or maybe post doctorates uh, post these jobs so that you will assist uh, in their research as in part time while you are studying hmm. so which will really help you for your further career growth so it is highly recommended that every student at least uh, pursue at least one hivi job yeah yeah so the practical you gain you gain a lot of knowledge in practical Practic- experience yeah. from a student job or a hivi yeah so and uh, as vamsi rightly mentioned there is an official portal and you can also visit the official websites of different institutes, institutes. and check for the openings it's there on every every yeah. so website there are two places where you can find student jobs is one is like job portal which is centralized job portal for the all institutes mm. and the other place is like uh, visiting each and every page of individual faculties or individual chairs mm. uh, so every chair is having their own website again So and there would be a student job, job openings, openings portal uh, yeah. section where you can find, find out find out the jobs. Mm-hmm. So that's how the same way I found my jobs in in the first job I found it from institutional website. Second, uh, heavy job I found it through centralized uh, job portal. Yeah. So once you open the advertisement or like a uh, job posting you can contact the person directly via mail mm-hmm. so they will schedule an interview we will attend an interview and you will be notified in a week yeah sometimes they also give a small programming test yeah. on their different ways of evaluating mm-hmm. right so, so and also the, the one thing i would like to add is that you can also uh, get a working student position at in the industry as well yeah. because on the websites of the companies 
you have a student job openings position as well yeah. so you can apply there as well i think uh, you well. have an industry work student experience so yeah so for example my uh, working student experience was in an industry you should apply everywhere basically uh, so basically you apply on the website there is opening uh, and then you go through the formal procedure as vamshi vamshi mentioned so the same thing that goes for applying at institutes goes for applying at industries, industries. for a working student and there are lots of working student positions both in industries as well as, as, well as in institutes so just keep applying yeah vamshi so yeah that that was very elaborate the way you explained how to get a student job yeah and uh, another thing that is uh, you know asked very often is that it is not possible to complete a course at rwth akhan university in just 2 years so how do we structure our courses in each semester how many subjects should one take and is it possible to do it in 2 years and if not why what are the reasons uh, coming to the discussion on uh, load subject loads on a student so of course it varies from student to student in my experiences uh i took on a, on an average uh, five subjects per semester according to the cu- curriculum of course you can skip one subject in one semester and take it in the other semester mm. in the similar way like two or three subjects i did it in a later part, part of time so uh, theoretically it is possible to complete within two years mm. but uh if theoretically. You, theoretically but uh, practically it is uh, uh it's very difficult to complete the whole course within 2 years of time uh you will have to uh, do internship as well as master thesis uh, according to uh, curriculum theoretically it was uh, given 3 uh, months for internship and 3 months for uh, master thesis but it's hmm. quite impossible to complete within the given time span because the practical reasons are like uh, in a company it's a very less uh, it's very often that some companies offer you 3 months of internship period because yeah, it's very it's not very productive for companies company. they prefer that you do an internship with them for 6 th- months 6 months it's not very likely that a company will offer you only for 3 months mm. and uh, in that sense it is of course it's very difficult uh, to have an internship and master thesis get completed within 6 months hmm. so once you complete your uh, internship maybe it spans like around 5 months or in minimum like 5 months or 6 months so there itself you semester would complete so 2 years are over by the by time you finish your internship, internship and also depends on how quickly you find an internship, internship it, yeah. sometimes it takes time so and so maybe there's two or three months gap there so that's why yeah. it, it is uh, it, it will go to two and a half years because remember you also have your master's thesis left yeah, after left that. after your internship uh, so um, and when you enter into your master thesis if at all it is in a institute there is a possibility that you can complete master thesis in 4 months or so 5 yeah. months but companies wouldn't offer you a master thesis just for 3 months uh, of course uh, even uh, companies would offer you like for 5 uh, months or something you need to have some preparation prior to your master thesis maybe for 1 month and finding a master thesis again will take some time if at all you are lucky 
in the same company where <laughs> you worked for internship you will be you will be given a master thesis as well mm-hmm. so it, there are more chances that you will have a master thesis in a company where you work it will take more than 6 months to complete your internship as well as master thesis yeah the, that's the reason uh, why usually people say it is very uh, difficult to complete master course within 2 years yeah. but exceptional cases were there like uh, some of our classmates did complete within 2 hmm. years so you talked about how to get a student job yep now let's talk about how to get an internship and what are the skills you would have to cultivate in yourself before you can yeah. get a suitable internship uh, if you want to apply for an internship it is highly recommended to apply a semester prior uh, because uh, the f- application filters and interviews will obviously take some time and once you have got an opportunity or once you are offered an uh, internship it will take minimum a month or two based upon the companies uh, to start your work so for the official contract official to contract to start or official start date of your internship so in order not to waste your time it's better or it's always uh, recommended to apply a semester like uh, before uh, one semester or maybe like three or four months before uh when you st- plan to start your internship so uh for for robotics engineer you have companies like abb kuka uh, and uh, bosch and and companies like bmw you Fanac, can also apply to fraunhofer max planck institute yeah. there are lots of lot, companies lot so of you companies, can search uh, online search and online and you apply like it is recommended to apply like 4 or 5 months minimum before this 6 months before is recommended recommended yeah uh yeah obviously mm. and, and what are the skills one should have before applying for an internship what are the skills that they look for uh as a robotics engineer uh one thing they definitely look into is like your programming skills even if you are working with a uh, design part programming skills are playing an important role for robotics engineer yeah programming skills are a must in any way even if you don't choose to take a robotics related job maybe you want to go for you know machine learning for uh, the medical applications or healthcare applications you still need to learn programming even if it if at all it is a mechanical design like for example uh, optimization of uh, uh, mechanical parts or matlab programming or adams programming or uh, quite necessary yeah, exactly so, so the thing the programming language would change probably if you go to mechanical then you would have to learn the softwares right softwares uh, msc adams the, the ansys analysis yeah. softwares and stuff like that uh, and also matlab would be MATLAB more important matlab plays an important role for mm-hmm. every Uh, every stream where you definitely have to simulate uh, either mechanical a or system in general in general so matlab and simulink would help you a lot hmm. and even uh, for control systems yeah. uh, matlab, matlab would be most would important be most important hmm. so the recommended things are like matlab and python and c++ are the three recommended programming languages for a robotics engineer uh, in my personal experience uh, from prior professional and uh, uh master course uh, i f- i feel like uh it's better to learn python c++ and matlab for a robotics engineer which will really help you to get into internship or master thesis or maybe a job yeah so yeah overall i think yeah you should you should decide which programming language you should learn but 
how you decide is because i think when you take all these courses once you would have a clear direction of where you want yeah. to take your career maybe you want to go into machine learning core and then you would have to have tensorflow and pytorch you would have to have experience with tensorflow and pytorch and python would be more important yeah right or if you want to go into computer vision or control or hardware related whenever you are dealing with hardware C++ plus plus would be more important yeah. for robot manipulator arms. Uh, even if you're using computer vision systems yeah. or uh, or other systems, or if you want to control electrical drives, C plus plus would be helpful. Yeah. So uh, basically, uh, for a robotics engineer, in our opinion, uh, MATLAB, Python, and C plus plus are very much important. Yeah, for a successful career in robotics. Yeah, but the best is to decide which direction you want to go. I think after two or suggest, three semesters, yeah. you would know which direction you want to go, and then uh, you know choose on mastering one of the things. Yeah, but yeah. at least but, Python, you but, should know. Yeah, right? but uh, in my view, it's better to learn all the three of the pro- all the three programming. Python, languages. yeah, I mean definitely. If you know Python, C plus plus, and MATLAB, MATLAB, then I mean you were open to a lot of other opportunities, even if you're not clear, right? Yeah. Um, no. That's true. So it's always recommended or in my personal experience, uh, I have encountered uh, using all the three languages in mm-hmm. different uh, uh, experiences. So C++, Python and MATLAB are highly recommended to learn. Yeah. yeah. Another thing to add is ROS. Uh, so ROS is super important because it's the framework and then you can use Python or C++ because it supports both of them. And for robotics applications, you have to learn ROS because it is being used by industries and industries sometimes have their own frameworks as well. But if you know ROS, you know how the framework works and the other framework would be more or less similar. similar. So ROS is also important. ROS, Python, C++, MATLAB and for machine learning core, you should know TensorFlow and PyTorch. TensorFlow and PyTorch. Okay. Thank you very much, Bamsi, and I hope this thing was also helpful to a lot of viewers who would be getting enrolled in robotic systems engineering. Yeah, if if not much, but maybe one person. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, I really hope that you enjoyed this particular conversation and it helped you in some way, shape, or form. If it did, make sure to hit the subscribe button and the notification icon or the bell icon so that you can get notified on time whenever the next part is out. Also, it would be really great if you could give me your feedback in the comments below. That would really help me improve. I'm uploading small clips of the long podcasts on a regular basis on platforms like LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. So make sure to follow me on these platforms if you're someone who cannot take out time for the long episodes. The podcasts are also available on all major podcast platforms including Spotify and Google Podcasts. So if you're someone who prefers to listen to podcasts rather than watching full-length videos, make sure to follow on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you very much and see you next time.